Well, man, um, guys, it is so good to gather with you. Uh, first of all, if you are new with us, I just want to welcome you. My name is Josh. I'm the senior pastor of our church, and we are incredibly honored um, that you are here. I know this, um, especially on an out like this where uh, we had to add front rows, and I might spit on somebody. Um, I just want you to know uh, that I know that it can be awkward to visit a church, uh, maybe for the first time on a Christmas Eve. What do these people think about me? You know, what do they know about me? Um, in fact, uh, just preparing for this message, I heard a story about a, a, a couple that was getting ready to come to a service just like this one. And uh, the wife walked out after getting ready into the living room, and she saw her husband in his PJs watching ESPN. And, uh, and she said, well, babe, what are you doing? It's time to go to church. He said, I'm not going. And, uh, and she said, well, why not? And he said, well, man, for three reasons. One, everybody there is a jerk. Number two, everybody's suspicious of me. Um, and number three, I just don't like it. And she looked at him and she said, well, you have to go. And there's three reasons. One, they're not jerks to you. The fact is you're jerks to them. Number two, the suspicions are all in your head. And number three, you're the pastor. And so, <laughs> so you've got you to gotta go. And so uh, that conversation took place in the Howerton house about one hour ago. And, uh, and it's really it's an honor to be, with, be here with you. But I do, genuinely what I want to say is if you're new with us, welcome. In fact, Bridge family, would you help me do something? We know over the course of our eight services this weekend... We will have hundreds of people visit with us for the very first time. So Bridge family, can you help me show people visiting with us how honored we are that they are here? Do that right now. That's it, man. We are honored that you are here. That's right. Man, it is an incredible honor to host you. And if you guys could help me say Merry Christmas to one other group of people. Uh, We've become aware recently that we have a large and growing number of deployed servicemen and women in our armed forces that listen uh, to our podcast and will email us regularly. So will you help me through our podcast tell them how appreciative we are and tell them Merry Christmas. Do that right now. Come on right now. That's That's it right now. That's it. Better than you've ever done it. That's it. Money, money, money. We would not be here doing what we're doing without them being there doing what they're doing. So Merry Christmas. Now, hey, here's what I want to do. Um, Here in a second, we are getting ready to do something that Christians have been doing uh, for genuinely about 800 years. Um, Here in a second, um, you're going to light a candle and we're going to sing together. Um, And when you do that, we're not going to do that as a tradition. What we're going to be doing is in line with Christians for about eight centuries. We're going to do that as a confession. And so what I want to do is just... Let our souls sort of marinate in what we are confessing tonight as we light a candle and we sing to the light of the world. Um, Now, here's what I want to do. Uh, I want to do that coming from uh, a passage in Isaiah 9-2. It's one verse. Isaiah 9-2, it just says this. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Um, now, this is really interesting. Uh, if you are familiar with the Bible, uh, let, me, let me help you. Uh, really, the entire Bible can be summed up in two words and only two words. The Bible speaks a word of bad news, and then it speaks a word of good news. It speaks, uh, we could say it like this, a word of condemnation, and then a word of acquittal, uh, a word of diagnosis, and then a word of cure. Uh, Christians use this language to say the Bible speaks a word of law, and then a word of gospel. And that message that I just read to you from Isaiah 9, it speaks both of those words. The people who walked in darkness, law, have seen a great light. On them a light has dawned. Gospel. Now, I want to hit those two things because those two things are our confession. So think about this with me for a second. Uh, If you are paying any attention, have you noticed that the message that the world says is the message of Christmas... Uh, The Bible's message about the meaning of Christmas could not be more opposite. There's actually a very famous example of this. 
uh, from the 1980s. In the 1980s, there was a, a gathering in Africa of all of America's greatest uh, musical performers. They came to, it was a concert called the, a live aid concert in Africa. And they were all there, and it was really interesting. There was one man on stage that a lot of people in this room will know, a man named Bob Dylan, that was a very committed Christian. He's a Christian man. And in the middle of the concert, all of the performers gathered in the middle of the stage on Christmas Eve, and they started singing the lyrics that I'm about to read to you. And it's very famous. Famously, Bob Dylan stood at the back of the stage and refused to sing the lyrics and looked incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, Afterwards, somebody shoved a camera in his face and asked him why. And I'm going to tell you his response, but here are the lyrics he refused to sing. They sang, we are the world, we are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day, so let's start giving. And Bob Dylan would not sing. And he was asked, when he was asked the question, you know, Mr. Dylan, why did you not sing with the rest of the performers? His response as a Christian man was, because I do not believe that humankind can save itself. He diagnosed mankind as the people walking in darkness. Now, if you don't track with me, I just want you to think about this. Let me ask you this question. If you disagree with that, why is it that we elect president after president after president and we're never more unified? Why is it that the history of the human race is that we fight war after war after war after war and there's never any less conflict? Why is it that we pass law after law after law after law and we're never more moral? Why is it that you go through class after class after class after class and we're not a better humanity? Now listen, if you are paying any attention, it's not just, listen, it's not just that there is a darkness out there What we are saying as Christian people, we're saying, no, 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 the darkness out there came from the darkness that is in here. That's inside of my chest. Uh, It's really funny to me. Christmas has this depressing way of revealing all of the darkness that we thought would be gone. I don't know why this is. Why is it that tomorrow morning you'll finish presents at 7.45 a.m. and some of you will be absolutely depressed? Uh, It's fascinating to me. Why is it? Here's what's going to happen to you. Some of you, even in this room right now, did not walk in with a heart of joy. Uh, This is the Christmas where, honestly, what you thought is, man, I really thought my relationship with my kids would be better than it is. And it just hasn't happened. Uh, Some of you right now, you're going, man, there's a habit that I thought I'd have control over by now. And you're getting to an age where you're starting to realize, man, uh, it has control of me. Um, Some of you, I thought I'd be a better dad or a better mom by now, or I thought I'd have control over my depression, and I don't. And all those things just have a way of waving over us at Christmas. Now, first of all, Merry Christmas, right? That's it. But listen, that's good news, and here's why it's good news. Let me say this to you. What if you are a person who is here, and you are looking inward at your life and around you, and you're seeing darkness? I have incredible news for you. Jesus came for only one category of person. He did not come for people who think they can work their way up. He came only for people who know their only hope is that God will come down. And at Christmas, what happened is God came down. He came down for us. It's so funny to me. People so uh, relentlessly misunderstand what we believe as Christian people. Uh, Two years ago, I've got uh, a secular uh, agnostic friend who we were talking about faith. And she just said to me, well, Josh, what really matters is that you're a good person. And Josh, of course, you're, you're a very, very good person. That's what she said. Josh, you're such a very good person. And that's really all that matters. And I said, this is what I said. I said, good person? I was offended that she called me a good person. I said, listen, here's who we are in this room. 
We are fools and we are thieves. We are drunkards. We are adulterers. We are the emotionally hobbled. We are the hopelessly guilty. We are the people who have walked in deep darkness. But listen, on us a light has shone. Amen? Amen. That is the message of Christmas, that we needed a light from outside of ourselves to shine on us. Here's what's so interesting to me. People, as a pastor, uh, I've just noticed over the years, people read the Bible uh, just almost exactly wrong. Um, A lot of you, you've grown up in context where you open the Bible and think that it's a book of rules. And if you just obey all of the rules enough, you can sort of work your way up to the Lord. Uh, Other people, they read the Bible as if it were a book of, of heroes, And uh, if they could just emulate the hero, Abraham or David or Peter, whoever it is, uh, then they'll get in God's good graces and he'll finally accept them. Listen, guys, the Bible is not a book of rules and it's not a book of heroes. The Bible is a story. It's a story about how exactly at the moment when it seemed as if the darkness would swallow everything, a baby was born and a light pierced the darkness and everything began to change. Um, I was reminded of this recently. If you've been around the bridge for very long at all, yes, no, I'm a, I'm a huge J.R.R. Tolkien nerd. I love the, the stories. I've read them eight or nine times, and uh, it's really interesting. J.R.R. Tolkien, when he wrote The Lord of the Rings, uh, he actually had to come up with a new word to describe how his story worked. And here's what he noticed. Um, the word he made up was the word eucatastrophe, eucatastrophe. Uh, now, everybody knows what a catastrophe is. A catastrophe is the moment in a story where it seems like everything is going very well, and then there's a sudden tragedy, and everything starts to fall apart. That's what a catastrophe is. But J.R.R. Tolkien noticed that in all of the greatest stories, there's the exact opposite moment. A eucatastrophe is when everything seems like darkness will swallow it. And then there's what he called a sudden, joyous turn. That's a eucatastrophe. Um, so, for instance, uh, this is the moment in, uh, in a movie when it seems like all the bad guys will win and suddenly a rider on a white horse crests the top of the hill and rides down the enemies. Uh, this is the moment when King Arthur returns to Camelot from decades uh, gone to put everything right again. This is the moment when William Wallace strides out to the front of the battlefield at Dunkirk and uh, it, you know, ensures victory. And, uh, and listen, do you know what we have? J.R.R. Tolkien said, he said that the first Christmas was the eucatastrophe of the world. That at the exact moment when it seemed like the darkness would swallow everything, a baby was born. And there was a sudden joyous turn. And it was at that moment that everything sad began to come untrue. And what the Bible says is that no matter how deep the darkness is in your life, the moment when you allow Jesus in That is the eucatastrophe of your life. It takes a sudden, joyous turn. And what we're doing tonight is we are simultaneously confessing two very rich things. One, we are the people who have walked in deep darkness. And two, on us a great light has shone. And we remember. We remember. So we pray with me and let's make that confession together. Father, what we do is we remember tonight a baby born. We remember that your son, fully God, fully man, was born that man no more might die. Born to give a second birth. And so, Father, um, we cry out to you in eager anticipation. You have come, and you will come again, and that is our only hope in life and death. 
And so, Father, we thank you that a bloody little baby was born to become a bloody crucified man. And that in our place, condemned, he stood. And that he is our only hope, only hope in the midst of our darkness. And so, Father, we gather, we huddle, and uh, we look out at the brokenness of the world, and we grieve, but not as those who have no hope. We grieve with an unconquerable hope. And so we confess. We confess our darkness and your light. And we pray it in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Amen. Hey, Bruce family, can you do this? Could you go ahead and stand? And right now what's getting ready to happen is uh, our ushers are going to come forward, and they're going to come forward with a flame. And they're going to light um, the candles in the front row here. And then you'll take that, and you'll pass it to the people next to you and all the way back. And again, as you do that, man, I, I don't want us to do that as a tradition, although it is a tradition. What I want us to do is I want us to let that thing sink into our, our chests and for us to light it and to lift our voices as a confession of the darkness within and the light that is shown. So man, we'll have some scripture on the screen. Take a minute and just let that sink into your soul and then let's sing together. Lift your voices with me.